This podcast is brought to you by jewishpodcasts.org. Start your very own podcast today at jewishpodcasts.org. Hello and welcome to the Nukuda podcast for Parshas Matos Masse. Uh, Parshas Matos Masse is the longest uh, double Parsha in the Torah. And I'm just going to select one particular aspect of it. Um, a lot of it is dealing with the... Um, Apportioning of the lands to an Yisrael to the different shvotim, um, which is kind of technical, and it does relate to what we were talking about last week in terms of the uh, category of or the parameter of oilam, uh, in terms of uh, the importance of how and and the combination between oilam and nefesh, in the sense that the shvotim each one had its own particular. Uh, portion in the land uh, related to their own specific uh, nature, their, their uh, the aspect of, of who they were and what was appropriate for them, uh, what, you know, what uh, connected to the essence of their neshamas. Um, here, what we would like to talk about is something that also is very close to the idea of nefesh, uh, well, it doesn't relate too much to property. Um, and that is what we start out the uh, parasha of, um, of Matos, is the question of Nidurim. Uh, we have a whole Masechta in the Gemara talking about Nidurim. And the idea of making a Nader, specifically as it's dealt with this in, in this parasha, um, is it's quite interesting because it only refers to women in the sense that it's talking about a person's wife, or daughter, um, specifically, and it's uh, it, it lays down the basics of the uh, rather intricate laws regarding the concept of how a father or a husband can annul the um, the nidurim, the extra vows. These are extra things that people take upon themselves as some kind of a, a very often in response to something that happens in their lives. They want to take something on uh, extra, some kind of an extra restriction. Now, what's interesting is that in terms of, there's, there's all kinds of laws of Hattoris and Durim that aren't really directly related to this Parsha because if a person, for example, goes to a Rav because they want to be Matir and Nader, they, want to, they, they took on something which they felt is now, for whatever reason, uh, they don't want to continue it. And um, so they go to Rav to annul that, uh, that vow because um, these are vows that are, again, these are taking on extra things that are not written in the Torah specifically, um, and the, the promises to do something, and they just felt that they can't, they can't uh, continue to do that. Um, so those laws regarding how the, the, you know, when and how a person, uh, uh, including men, are allowed to go to a rov to um, to be uh, to annul the, the, the din. 
uh, the, the Nader rather, is uh, something that is not specifically written in the Torah. It's considered the, the Raisa, in fact, the, the idea that it is covered by the Torah. They have, these, are, these are Torah injunctions as opposed to rabbinic injunctions, or, uh, the Rabbanan, but they're not specifically spelled out in the Torah itself. It's more like a, one of these things that we get, you know, Torah Lemoshim Sinai, where it's given down orally, uh, even though it's considered to be part of the written Torah. Anyway, a little bit complicated, but whatever. That's talking about uh, th- those general laws that regarding men or women in terms of going to Rabbanim, for example. However, this specific law about how husbands and fathers are allowed to annul the uh, the um, vows of uh, that their wives and, and, and daughters take is specifically, again, talking about wives and daughters, and it's talking about um, a specific situation where they are allowed to annul these uh, vows as soon as they hear about them um, without, uh, I mean, without consulting the daughter or the or the, or the um, or the wife in these appropriate situations. I'm not going to go into all the specifics of the dinam, but in any case, that there is such a thing. <laughs> okay, so. Um, uh, as soon as they found out about it, they can they can annul them. But they're specifically when in a case where these are going to cause some kind of suffering. You know, is it something that a person's giving up or taking upon themselves a difficult thing that's going to involve some kind of uh, uh, sacrifice? And uh, it's considered that uh, that it's not uh, recommended for a woman to take on these things or anybody really to take on extra vows that are not considered in the Torah itself, um, no matter how strongly they may feel about it and that's going to have a, a positive effect. But it's the fact is whatever we take on and we express verbally that we're going to really you know, take on a commitment to a certain thing, you have to take that very, very seriously. And if you, you're basically kind of creating another law for yourself out of the Torah that's not specifically written in the Torah. So it's like, you know, if Hashem really wanted us to do that, then he would have told us to in the Torah. And you're taking on something extra for yourself specifically. Um, you have to know that you're really up to that because uh, you're making it like another instance from the Torah from you and for, for you, and that's a very serious thing. Um, so I want to go a little deeper into the psychology behind that and why I think the Torah has a very hard time with it. That, that, uh, I mean, there are several different angles you can take, but this particular idea is that we very often look at our obligations to Hashem as being something that is a restriction. You know, it's something that we're uh, uh, causing ourselves to, to separate ourselves from something in the physical world or whatever, um, because, I mean, for any number of reasons, it could be because we feel that that um, particular, it could be a taiva, something, you know, uh, an obsession we have with something or, or a, um, a desire we have for something that, that we feel is not good for us. And even though it may be allowed by the Torah, it's something that we wanted to, to give this the... Uh, extra, like a koyach of a mitzvah, like so it should be something that we should take as seriously as a, as a mitzvah from the Torah, so that we make sure we don't do it because it's something very bad for us. I mean, you could think of something like alcoholism or you know addictions and and the various things that a person might want to separate, you know, distance themselves from. Um, that's one 
reason why you might want to do something like that. But there's all kinds of reasons a person might want to take a nader. I mean, sometimes you see somebody else having suffered something particularly, and you want to make sure that you don't get into that situation, so you take on something extra on yourself uh, in order not to fall into that or whatever. There's all kinds of reasons. The point is that the, the question is, how do we look at what Hashem really wants from us? You know, is, is it, because there are a lot of, of negative commandments, things that we're told to restrict ourselves from, even more than positive commandments, things that we are taking on ourselves to do. But so there are obviously, you know, a lot of things we're not allowed to do, and that's a lot of mitzvahs. So one can get the idea that the Torah is all about restricting us from doing things. And a lot of people have this kind of attitude towards, you know, there's one of these why people don't want to become Bali Tshuva, people that aren't religious don't want to take it on because they figure, look at all the things I have to restrict myself from. So because their whole attitude towards it is like, you know, all oh, the Torah is telling me I can't do that and can't do this and can't, you know, it's going to control my life and this kind of thing. So um, it's, I think, coming from a basic, basic uh, misconception about what serving Hashem is all about and I think we have to like do kind of a, an about face, like a 360 degree turn to understand why um, Nidurim are, are being warned against because they're really not necessary. It was why should we want to take on more things? If, if the Torah is talking about our getting to the bottom of what Hashem's rutzen is, in other words, the whole thing is about the fact that Hashem created the world with a desire that it should be a certain way and that he have a relationship with it and with the people that he created uh, in, a certain, in a certain way, that's structured in a certain way. And, and he planted the Yitzhahara in us that we should have a desire to, to either, in terms of thinking that we know better, uh, how to run our lives than Hashem does, or you know, wanting to separate ourselves from Hashem because we want to be our own boss, or all kinds of reasons uh, that are coming from the Sitra Achra, this, this, this desire to be rebellious, or the desire to have a control of our own lives, and not to be interested, or, or, or in some cases to rebel against, or to con- contradict Hashem's will, what Hashem wants. The fact is that the Jewish people was chosen. We talk about the chosen people. What were we chosen for? There's a pasuk in the Torah that says, "Zeshmi leolam vezazichu ledovid." I might have reversed that. Whatever it is, it's something <laughs> so close to that. If it's not that exactly, in any case, "Zeshmi leolam vezazichu ledovid." That Hashem is counting on the Jewish people to be the connectors, to be the people that are um, here to bring him into the world. And that, that was the uniqueness of Avomavini, and of course, you know, Yitzhak and Yaakov uh, followed in that, in that uh, path. And that's why they were ultimately rewarded with their, their uh, descendants uh, being chosen to give the, the Torah, which is the revelation of Hashem's will in total. I mean, what, really what Hashem wants us to do the, the, the first time that Hashem spoke to a first and only time that Hashem spoke to an entire people, telling them, you know, giving them these these, these instructions of exactly, you know, what does He want from them? Exactly, what is what is what does He want them to fulfill? And 
what the Torah is is very, very specific instructions about how to to deal with just about everything in life uh, in a way that is uh, embodies Hashem's will. That's what what how He wants it, and we you know dedicated ourselves to that. We took that on that that was what we were going to do. So if our entire existence is based on the idea of fulfilling Hashem's will. It's just simply knowing what he wants and doing it because we want to bring him into the world in every single aspect of the world, that he should be, he should dwell in the world. He should be here together with us. We should feel his presence and we feel, should feel that we're actually able to do something for him. That goes into this whole concept of the Nahama de Kisifa, which is largely why the whole uh, Yitzhah was, uh, you know, good and evil were, were created to begin with as being options. Because Hashem wants to give us the opportunity to do th- something for Him so that when He gives us all of this uh, uh, reward in Oilam Haba, that, you know, in the world to come, uh, sign the world of the uh, Neshamas and also in the, you know, world to come in this world uh, after Mashiach, uh, that we shouldn't be embarrassed to take it because we felt that we did indeed participate in, in, in the creation. We did something for Hashem in the world, which was a very central thing that Hashem needed to have done, that he, he, he desired to have done, and that uh, therefore we in some sense we deserve uh, to be rewarded for it, to, to get all this, you know, these good things that he wants to give us because the whole idea of Hashem creating the world to begin with because Teva Toiv Lehetiv, that one who is good wants to do good. It wants to, you know, uh, share and, 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 uh, and, you know, share the wealth, share the, share the goodness uh, with uh, those that uh, he has created. So the point is that, that, um, if we look at life as an opportunity to do Hashem's, you know, mission to 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 fulfill this mission, to this this shlichus, this, uh, this the fact that we're messengers in the world to uh, to to do this uh, job for Hashem of of through the mitzvahs to bring him into the world and bring him, to publicize him in the world, to make everybody aware of him, and to make his presence, you know, known, and then to dwell together with him in this, in this physical world, uh, to make it a godly place. So then who needs anything else? You know, why, if we're really preoccupied with that and we're, we're, we're uh, uh, involved with that on a, on a daily basis, it's almost it's 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 almost it was totally un, not understandable why a person would not find that enough to keep him busy and to keep him in line that he should you know be looking for more stuff to add to that i mean it it simply doesn't make a whole lot of sense um in the case of fathers and and uh, uh husbands having the the uh uh power to p- prevent their wives and daughters from taking on these extra things is obviously because, you know, if it becomes too much for their their wives and daughters and they take on more than they can handle, it's obviously going to affect them as well and it's going to affect children bias and affect, you know, all kinds of relationships. So obviously there's something we don't, you know, that, that, that they have a right to prevent because it's, as we say, it's simply not necessary. It can cause more harm than good. But also another thing to remember is, is that, 
is that in terms of the loisa, the negative commandments of things we're not allowed to do, there is a statement in the Torah that says that a th- something that a person is, you know, there's one idea of sheva altasa, that a person simply sits and doesn't do something. So that doesn't sound very active. It sounds like he's just, you know, sitting there and, and not doing so that's not something that uh, it, it, it's, it, it seems to be passive. It's, it's, it's not an active thing. On the other hand, there are situations where where in Bishas Meisen was in in the in the at the moment turning away from something that's tempting the person or whatever something he, he would like to do, and he restricts himself from doing it Bishas Meisen because um, because Hashem told him not to do it. It's it, that's called an asoyan. That's a test. That's that's a temptation. He's, he, he wanted to do it and he didn't do it specifically because Hashem told him not to. So now the reason that that has become now an action. That's become like a positive action. So he has this this now that that he's turned that that negative mitzvah simply preventing yourself from from doing a certain thing to a, something that he actually bishas ma'isa didn't do like a person you know who keeps kosher so he doesn't eat trife so he's not tempted to eat trife because he doesn't have it in the house but let's say he was uh, in a, a uh, uh, you know in, in a foreign country someplace and he didn't have anything to eat and he was really hungry and I mean I'm not saying starving from hunger but he was you know he was and he saw something really good to eat and it wasn't kosher and he ate, and, and and he he held himself back he was tempted to eat it and he didn't so then that. Um, that was con- that's considered to be like a positive mitzvah. That's that's an, act, an action that he took. Now, the, on a higher level, you know, or a deeper level, whatever, we talk about the alpisoid, the things that we, how do we bring Hashem into the world? One of the ways is by elevating, or let's say through bringing Hashem into the world through the mitzvahs, we're actually elevating things in uh, the physical world to come to a higher level. What does that mean? That that they have every everything that Hashem created has a godly potential, meaning it can be used to serve Hashem with it. And then once we use it for, for to, to, to serve Hashem with it, it is achieving its purpose in in, in being created. So therefore, it it, it attains like it, it attains kind of a kind of an uh, it's 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 uh, it's achieving its potential. It's it's uh, becoming a godly thing, even though it's something that you wouldn't necessarily think of in that in those terms. In this sense. You could take something that's not kosher and make that into a godly thing because you're using it for the purpose for which it was created, which was to tempt us and give us the schist, to give us the the the, uh, the reward for not falling into that temptation. So that's why it was created to begin with, because why would Hashem create things that aren't kosher? He created it that we should have a choice. That, that's part of our bechira. That's our, our choice to do, to serve Him. So we serve Him with that thing by not eating it. So when you don't eat it, then you, no, you're not supposed to go around tempting yourself with things that aren't, that aren't kosher or anything that you're not allowed to do. You try to, we, we, we have the obligation to distance ourselves as much from those things as, we, as possible. But when we are tested in situations where, you know, uh, due to circumstances beyond our control, uh, we, we had uh, such an assignment and we, we protect ourselves, then we are making that into a positive action to avoid getting involved with this. So that is the that is the purpose of negative commandments. Negative commandments are not there to restrict us. You know, like 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 we become uh, some people think that, you know, we're become a more a higher people by not giving into physical temptations. I mean, that may be true, but 
But the idea is that Hashem wants to uh, wants to give us an opportunity to serve Him by not doing, just as we have a, 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 a opportunity to serve Him by doing. So this is a way to to even uh, bring out the godly potential of creation by not doing something. But it doesn't mean that we should go around taking on extra things, just that we should restrict ourselves more and more and more, because the more restricted we are, the more holy we're going to become. Because that's not the point. The point is that we are bringing out the the potential out of, of, of creation and out of our neshamas ourselves through the specific things that Hashem uh, is, is, is telling us not to do. So, if everything is is it's even if we look at even negative commandments as being actually a positive thing that is talking about about uh, the action of not doing as being something which brings Hashem into creation even more because then a person could you know uh, uh, a person could see that that uh, that this person is holding him uh, that Hayid is is holding himself back from doing something he really wants to do because Hashem told him to that's a big kiddush Hashem. So that's that's something that 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 again brings Hashem into the world even more because that Kiddush Hashem shows that a person is is so dedicated to serving Hashem that he is willing to restrict himself from something he really wants to do. So this is this is something, but again, not to the extent that he should go around restricting himself from things that he took on not to do, because then that's about himself. That's not about serving Hashem with it, because Hashem told him you could do it. And he's restricting himself and saying, no, I'm not even going to do that. Even though Hashem is telling me I'm allowed to, I'm not going to do it. So there is a, a thing of Kaddish Yisrael, and it was something that you even are allowed to do, that you should be, uh, do it, you know, you should you should be holy about it. You shouldn't, just because you're allowed to, what, what does that mean though? It's It's about just because you're allowed to do it doesn't mean you should indulge yourself. It was because kosher, eating kosher food doesn't mean you're allowed to be a glutton, you know, with kosher food. You're supposed to go overboard or make yourself sick or, or you know, uh, become obese, you know, eating a tremendous amount of food that you don't have to eat and, and even being unhealthy for you because, well, but it's kosher, it's kosher, I can do it. Because that, again, is not doing Hashem's rutzen. You're not eating, if you're eating the food, because you want to do Hashem's rutzen, if you want to, because Hashem is, is told you this is, this is kosher, you know, go eat it. You know, so you're going to you're going to say, well, I'm not just eating because I want to. I want to eat it because Hashem wants me to, eat, which means it's I should eat eating it in order to be healthy. I should eat it, eat it for you know for a mitzvah, a Shabbos or Yom Tov or something like that. When when it's it's fulfilling a, a specific mitzvah, there's a reason for doing it, not just doing it because I want to, because it's also kosher and I'm allowed to. So why not? You know, so all of these things get down to the, 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 the basis of, again, why we do mitzvahs and how we look at mitzvahs. And, and if we're really seeing a mitzvah as being an opportunity to bring Hashem into the world and to bring Hashem into our, into our neshamas and, and, and to connect to Hashem and synchronize with Hashem and, and be close to Hashem and be happy with Hashem, this is what mitzvahs are about. Mitzvahs are not about you know, adding restrictions to our life so that we make things harder for ourselves and very often uh, end up, uh, you know... Uh, torturing other people as well. So anyway, this is some of the things that, that I wanted to bring out in terms of this um, this parsha, and I think we can learn a lot from it for our everyday lives, and uh, I hope you got something out of it.